0: Okay, so, I had a vision, again, as I slept, and in this vision, again, after, like, this happens every day, I go to sleep, <clears throat> and before I go to sleep, I'm told to stay up, stay up, that's the difference, you're always sleep, and then I'm reminded of the scripture, you know, the slouch, the sluggard, and you know, all those scriptures like God is screaming at me with that in the Bible when I'm reading it about sleeping all day and being lazy. But my reason for it is because not that it's okay, not that God is telling me this is okay, it's okay to do that. My reason is that when I'm up and I'm praising Him and I am, you know, trying my best to focus. And do whatever I can to get get closer to God, because I feel like that's what I, what He's calling me to do right now. I'm just attacked so much, and it's so hard to do anything. And I don't want to make that excuse because it is an excuse, which makes me a sluggard. If it's super hard for me to do anything, then you know <clears throat> it's going to have to be hard. But it's so different for me than it is for everybody else you know another excuse but all I know is when I used to stay up throughout the day which I haven't been able to do that for years when I used to stay up throughout the day it's because I was out doing things or I was focusing on one of my crafts like ex, like building my YouTube channel maybe doing makeup maybe doing hair Maybe learning things on YouTube. Like, I used to do different things. And those things have been cut out of my lifestyle now. So, all I can do is worship God. And I don't have a problem doing it all day. But every single time I do that, I get tired and I fall asleep. The only logic I have is that that's the enemy. You know, the enemy doesn't want me to, you know focus on the Bible. The enemy doesn't want me to read. The enemy doesn't want me to grow closer to God. So that's why I automatically get tired. Like when I'm watching a sermon, when I'm reading a Bible, when I'm worshiping, I get sleepy and I go to sleep. So I feel like, you know, maybe I just, you know, Maybe it's something, like, I'm missing. Maybe it's something else I need to do. But when I feel like I'm doing anything outside of worshiping God, when I cut everything out else out of my schedule for God, then I feel like, what's the point? Like, you know, besides sleep. It's an unhealthy pattern. And I realize if I really feel like there are, you know, forces keeping me from moving forward in life, then that's definitely a big factor, falling asleep and sleeping all day. I don't want this year to be like last year where I slept the whole year through because of all the stuff I was going through. And then I'm reminded of this vision I was given a couple years ago. In the vision, it even said that, you know, I was eventually going to leave and I was going to sleep for about six months, you know, wherever I was going to be sleeping at, but I was going to sleep for like six months before I decided that I was going to get up, move on my life, build, build a future for myself and become somebody. But I did. I got up and I did that. But for a while, you know, I just wasn't up for it. And that's because of what I had gone through. Now, With that vision, it just feels like, why not just go and do that then, you know, instead of staying here, still suffering through what I'm suffering through and trying to build on this, which is nothing. Or, you know, which is just tragedy. I don't know what to call it, but all I know is, you know, I have my reasons and it's like, I feel like God placed me here for a reason. And then there's so many different, you know things that feed into that, like, guess this is why you're here for a reason, and it's all these different, you know, things that show me that that's true every day, but at the same time, I can't help realizing that, you know, God knows who I am, and God knew who I was when he sent me here, you know, on this assignment, and everything surrounded, he knew who I was, he knew He knew who I was and who I was going to be. So the only way to explain that, because I feel like, you know, in knowing who I am, why would you place me in a situation that you knew I absolutely would not be okay with? I absolutely would have the hardest time or a big issue with dealing with. And I realized, like, the only reason he would do that is because, you know, he wants me to grow and... Learn from this situation, maybe change my perspective. And the reason I fight with that logic is because He was already changing my perspective without this situation, without things being the way that they are. God was already changing my perspective. He was already, you know, working on me. He was already doing so much in my life without things having to be as horrible as they are. But <clears throat> Yet yeah, still, you know, that doesn't mean that you know he wouldn't put me in this situation, order me from, in order for me to learn from it. And it's not like I haven't had proof, evidence, all these different things going on to prove that and that show that supports that. So when I think about leaving, the main thing that holds me back is like, would I be abandoning? Would I be abandoning my assignment? Or. Is that what God automatically always intended for to happen is God is me coming here and what I've done so far all that God intended for me to do here and now it's over with or am I supposed to stay here and still endure despite how unhealthy it felt like the situation is because a lot of times you know though I feel like God is restoring my health and my mental health and my So physical health, everything, it feels like it's being torn down in so many different areas and in so many different ways. And then I see so much happening and I realize like, that's proof that there is a God. That's proof that this is, you know, that I'm destined to be here. A lot of these things are proof, yet still the situation remains unchanged. And it feels like A lot of times, either it's getting worse or it's just not going anywhere. So would God really want me to stay in a situation like that and be abused? Would God really want me to continuously, you know, neglect myself and give so much of myself receiving nothing in return? Would God continuously want me to do that? And honestly, the Bible says, yeah, the Bible says, you know... Be willing to do that. Be willing to be persecuted in his name because he was persecuted. Be willing to be at odds with the world in order to be in his favor. And I get so many blessings for that. I have so much favor for doing that and choosing that. Yet still I question like Is this a way for anybody to live? Like when I remember reading the first time I watched Acts and read it when I saw the way Paul was treated throughout his whole life for me it's like I choose God and I understand that you know obviously for him to put this in a bible this might be things I mean it's it's relevant information it's the truth and it's things that you you might have to face and you might see yourself going through you know and following him but it's all to the glory of God so it's worth it and God is worth it right so be prepared to maybe have to face that in your lifetime, you know? But still, after I saw everything that Paul went through, I was like, but could I do that? You know, could I live like that? Could I dedicate my entire life to God? You know, never being able to feel like I'm breaking free of the chains of, you know, being persecuted and, Never truly being accepted anywhere and never truly being able to do certain things I feel like I really want to do or that makes me happy. Because it's not about being happy. It's about glorifying God's kingdom. And that's what I battle. I battle that every day. And I don't know. I don't know because one thing that I feel like God has shown me before all of this has started Is that, you know, that happiness that you want, that peaceful life that you want, that love that you've never had, that, you know, future, those dreams that you never, you know, saw yourself ever having. I can provide like God can provide for for me. But. The problem is, you know, I just can't see if you know if that is the case you know how how does both how does both fit into the same lifetime unless i find happiness and glorifying his kingdom and being persecuted and i see that i'm still young i have time to do that i can still decide to you know and and i can still be i can still my perspective can still be changed in that way i can still grow into you know being happy with the persecution that I face in God's name, etc. And a lot of times our plans aren't even God's plans for us. So overall, if I had to make sense of it right now, I would say that you know happiness is about it's it's perspective. It's how you perceive it. And that's true anyways, but it never feels like that. It just it just never feels like that. But could it one day feel like that for me if I truly accept my calling to God and I dedicate myself in that way to him 100%? Could I get rid of all the other perceptions or ideas of what happiness is and adopt this idea of pers- of happiness, idea of persecution for the rest of my life for the sake of God's name as happiness? and i have in a way and i can i know that i can but i don't feel like it's meant for the rest of the stuff to ever go away i don't feel like it's meant for it to go away because what is persecution if you don't feel that you're being persecuted you know you're always going to feel like it is what it is going to hurt you have feelings it's going to be tough because it's you know you're human it's real You're going to have to walk through this path. You're going to have to, you know, suffer. And it's all to the the glory of God. So the way that I perceive being happy with that is the only way that you possibly could be happy, which is, you know, God is worth it. And where you're going is worth it. And you're going to suffer, but it's worth suffering. So you're happy with the fact that you're suffering for the right cause and you're suffering for something or someone that you believe in wholeheartedly. But that doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Actually, you're not. So I get frustrated with that because it's like, how, you know, does that play into, you know, what it feels like? Not and he never promised it. That's the thing. God never promised it. I feel like for me a lot of this time you know i've been battling whether these were promises made to me or propositions because you know with the promise you know for sure that he promised it he says i promise you know you know it's a promise but as a proposition it's like you can have this you know given that you choose this, given that you do this, given that you walk in this, you know, on this path, and given that you abide in me forever, you can possibly have this, but that's not a promise because God doesn't break promises. And a proposition could possibly not come to pass because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't go the route that you were supposed to go, or you abandoned what was needed or what was required of you in order to have that. So I never have for sure a promise and when I think people say when I think about when people say God never breaks his promises and he always tells the truth and he never lies that's true I can't deny that it's in the bible it's who he is he he always tells the truth God never lies there's no deception found in him and he has never broken a promise though we do he is not a man he doesn't break promises. So that's always true. But why does it feel like when I, you know, analyze different things in my life and my future and what way I'll have to go and different things I have to abandon, all these different things that are not matching up? It feels like then that's a broken promise Then, Well, then that must mean it wasn't a promise. And do I know for sure that I was promised that? And the answer is no. The answer is no. I don't. You know, though he showed me these things and he said it's going to happen, that doesn't mean that he promised it because I didn't hear. I promise. I didn't hear him say I promise. And, you know, just because you didn't hear him say I promise, you know, you could say that, you know, because he showed you these things and he said they're definitely going to happen. That's a promise. You can't automatically say that, though, because god is not a god of confusion if he meant i promise he'll say i promise and if you didn't hear i promise then maybe it's not a promise so i battle that i battle that day i battle that yearly you know he tells me things are going to happen i've heard him say i promise before i believe but One thing I've know for sure now is that when God mean, like, if God means something, He'll say it, and He says what He means. He means what He says. So, I, I just, I get real, I get really confused. I get really confused with that because I feel like God has shown me so on. He showed me very clearly on one occasion. My whole life, I've been praying to him, asking him for things. And God has told me multiple times, you know, this time next year, things will be different or this is going to change or that is going to be this and this is going to be that. And those things come to pass and they're true. So you learn to trust him. But also he's shown me so many different times I've asked him on everything. I used to ask him every day about so many different things. God is this, this, is this, that, and ask him for different things and getting different things. But he never was promising anything. He was just giving me answers. He was guiding me. So, I would feel, you know, like, okay, I can't really pinpoint it, but I guess I can kind of figure out or understand when God is, you know, telling me, you know, what's going to happen or when God is giving me answers. And that's what I have been doing all the way up until... I was about 19 or 20. I'm feeling like it's never really clear the answers he's giving, but I know he's with me. And so I'm going to do my best to make the right decision that I feel like he would approve of or do, just do my best, the best I can, period. Because we're not, always, I'm not always that obedient. And then he showed me when he came to me and said, this is your assignment. This is what I want you to do. And I accepted that assignment immediately. He said, this is what's going to happen, and it happened like that. It just happened so easily, so perfectly. It landed in my lap. I didn't have to guess. I didn't have to wonder. I didn't have to, you know, fight and try my best to make the right decisions where I'm still, in a way, wavering. Like, is this what he wants me to do? I don't know. I knew this is what he wants me to do. It was made so clear. He set everything up like he said he was going to set up, and everything was very clear. There was no confusion. And that was the first time in my life, the only time in my life, he had ever done something like that without confusion. And it showed me that, you know, when God really is answering your prayers and gives you something, there really is no confusion, just like it says in the Bible. So does that mean that all those different times before now, I never was getting a answer from God, a real answer from God? I was just doing my best to be led by what I feel like he would want me to do because this is what a real answer looks like. I've never had it like this before, so those other answers must not have been a real answer. And he made that clear with how he answered it and when he answered it and that being undeniable. So a little bit of me resented that, a little bit, only because I felt like all those times before you never answered like this. So that means you weren't answering me. That means that you you weren't those those weren't answers from you. It wasn't you. I mean, it might have been you, but it wasn't you weren't answering me. And that's just clear and you're not, you know, you're not sugarcoating it. You're not, you know, Babying me about it or anything, you're being real about it, and it hurts because it kind of breaks your heart because it makes you feel like all those different times I feel like I was—I must have been just motivating myself then. I must have just been lying to myself about a lot of stuff, believing that it was you, even though maybe it, it was you, it's always you, you know—not always, but you're always here. But that just wasn't true. That wasn't you picking that. That was me picking that based off of what I felt like you. May may have wanted to say, but if it wasn't clear, then it wasn't you. So that makes me feel like, well, then how did I get here? Because a lot of those times where I went through that process, not even ever given a clear, given a clear, confi- concise answer, being confused a lot of the times, you know, it led me to this right where I'm at right now. But it was never you. When I was deciding that you are saying, yes, this is what you want me to do. It was never you. Because your answers are like this. And I won't be able to deny or ever be confused when it is you. So that none of those, none of those times were, were you. I hope I'm not going in circles. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, if that is the case, I've never have been given a promise. Because I would know the promise, I would know a promise when I'm given one, like I would know an answer when I'm given one. I never knew an answer when I was given one because I had never had one. But once now that I've had one, I know an answer. And I've only ever had one answer. Truly, from him, in my whole life. But now, you know, as far as the promises go, there's all these different things he's shown me. My future. He's shown me all these different things about myself. He's told me all these different things about myself. He's even told me things will happen and they've come to pass. But those were never promises because if those are never answers, then those are never promises. Meaning God doesn't break a promise, which means it's still possible that these things don't happen for my life. And I don't want to speak it over my life because he also does not lie. So if he said this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. But if it doesn't happen, I can, never, I can never say, you know, God is a liar. And he break promises because it wasn't a promise. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm being confusing, or this could be confusing. So pretty much what I'm saying is I feel like nothing is really set in stone. Nothing is really for sure about my life. And because it matters the decisions that I make daily and what I choose to do, I can't mess this up. I can't mess this up. That's what scares me. The fear that I can mess this up. So all of that, you know, is for a reason. This whole conversation is for a reason. It's tying into this vision I had. I had this vision. And I woke up in the office. And in this office... I was like maybe the assistant or something to like this it it was a it was like a regular office, you know, and then we had a boss, and the boss he came up to me he was he was in he was misogynistic and he was very disgusting like he he would like like sexual harassment like he was sexually harassing the women in the office including myself and he would do different things that was like on a borderline of sexual harassment but if you would report those things you'd be out of a job and it's not like they would have fired him because it's like you just would have looked like you know a whistleblower and all kinds of things like it was just bad but he would just say different things like oh yeah you look really sexy and like He would do different things and make you feel uncomfortable in work clothes. And I don't even know how that's possible. But, you know, as a woman, you feel like you can't say anything because it was women in the office, but they were, like, above me. And I was, like, kind of like an assistant. I could easily lose my job and just be out of one. And then everybody else, like, he's above them. They don't want to say anything. They don't want to speak up. They are experiencing it, too. And... Like, it's just you feel trapped. You feel trapped because it's like it's either lose your job, walk away. And if that's the case, don't say anything. Just walk away because it wouldn't make a difference. The only difference would make is like, you know, you lost your job. Maybe you got something to say. You, You got you got a chance to say something. But he gets away with it and it's probably worse repercussions for you than it ever be for him. So, you know, I it's not that I needed a job that bad. But it's like, it was just a bad position. He made me feel really dirty. He really did. And he made a lot of women feel that way. But there was this woman who I was, like, working right across from. And I must have been her assistant. And she was, you know, so cool. Like, she was, like, she made my days better there. The days there were horrible. And it was, like, torture. And it was also another man who was, like, at the same level as her, but beneath the guy who was really the problem. He was also, you know, rude to women and, like, borderline sexually harassing women in the office. But he wasn't as bad because, of course, he didn't have that amount of power that he was abusing. But he was definitely still contributing, which made it worse. But all I know is I was talking to this, you know, I was working and I was just like, you know, let me try and keep my head down. And I don't I don't know if anybody will really understand me. And I hate that it feels like it's a black thing because most of the like everybody else in the office is white. I'll just say it. It might be some black people like way down the line. But in this area, everybody is white. But I never felt like, you know, I'm not racist. So. I never felt like it was that makes you different from somebody. But it's like at the same time, like maybe I just want to keep my head down because not just because of that, but, you know, because of my position. I'm just an assistant, you know, and I'm new here. It didn't feel like I was that new, though. But all I know is he would call me into his office and he would tell me different things. I'm her assistant, though, I guess. I think I'm not really sure on the position I had, but I know I was under her who was under him. He would call me into his office, and he would make me feel very uncomfortable. Like, you know, sexually harassing me. Like, he wouldn't touch me, but he would just say different things and do different things. And it felt like I don't know what to say back. Because if I say, you know, no or anything like that, it feels like, I'll lose my job. And it feels like that's what you're pretty much insinuating when you say and do these things. Like, you better just let me sexually arrest. He's abusing his power. And you, like, let me sexually arrest you or you can just walk away and be fired. Or, you know, I'll just make this, uh, you know, job a living hell for you, etc. So I'm just trying to keep my head down and be quiet. So all I know is he calls me to his office. He's he's just being an a-hole. And that's when... I'm sitting back out and I am at the desk with this woman. So, you know, she completely understands. Every woman in the office understands, you know, to a certain extent. And I didn't say anything to her, but she just, you know, passed me a work paper. To make it look like we were working quietly, because he would just come out and be like, "You know, what are you guys talking about?" and stuff like that. Like he was really being an a-hole, and he was right across from us. And so she would pass me a work paper, and we were writing on the work paper as if we were filling out forms, and we were just talking about him, and it was funny. And she was like brightening up my day, and so it caught me off guard, like how cool she was about it. And we would just start snick- snickering and giggling. And he would come out the office like, "What are you guys doing?" And partially, I knew it was to make sure that we weren't discussing how he sexually harassed us individually. But we, we would see him sexually harassing us in front of each other, too. So we knew that was happening. But we were just laughing at him. And then that's when she started talking about the other guy, too, who was right up underneath him. And it was just so funny. It was just so funny. And she was burning on my day. So he came out and he was like, he pulled me into his office again, like, you know, pretty much discussing, like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but, you know, you know, just being an a-hole, like pretty much insinuating, like, I don't want you to lose your job or anything. And so I'm like, trying my best not to get caught. And I don't want to, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to come out here and do anything too much because he's gonna fire me he's gonna come out and fire me even though he don't have proof that I'm doing that but then she had passed me another note and I started laughing and then it was fun and then it was funny and so this other guy you know we have to watch out for him too because he's like a kiss-up and he's gonna try to get us fired and like he knows that we're talking about him so the other guy goes into his office, and he it seems like he's kind of, like, snitching a little bit. But he don't really have nothing to snitch on. He's just feeding into what he already knows and kind of, like, instigating. To save his own, but because he's horrible. He's over here, like, not even... Like, he's just horrible. But this is, like, a typical office. and And that's horrible. But then he comes out, and... You know, I'm scared that he's going to call me into his office again because I know for sure this time I'm getting fired. Or, like, he's going to move me or something. I don't want him to move me because, like, she's making my day better. And I can't believe we getting along and got this much in common like this. But, like, she's super cool. And then that's when she wrote something to me on the paper. And I'm writing back and he walks up, he busts out his, like, he wants to catch us so bad. He comes out the door and he's walking up and I immediately just ball up the paper. And I felt like just because he saw me ball up that paper and get rid of it right before he walked up so he couldn't read it, because he was checking the papers to make sure we weren't talking to each other. I'm like, just because he saw that happen, I'm gonna get fired. And... You know, he did, He couldn't do anything. I bought up the paper and he wanted to fire me so bad, but he couldn't do anything. And then that's when, you know, a guy in the next office, the guy that was a kiss up. I heard him talking to another superior who was on the guy's level who would sexually harassed us, but was a woman. But this is the problem because as a woman in the office, when you're on their level, or at the same level as them, you can't be, you can't even stick up for the other women in the office because you'll just lose your job. And so she was more of a stick in the mud. So I don't want to call her that because I don't feel like it was really what it was. But it was more like you can't tell her. She's not like she's going to help you. You know, maybe she's even being sexually harassed. He has more power than her just because he's a man, even though they have the same job. But all I know is the kiss up was in the office talking about me and telling on me and he was like yeah and i think i heard her say something something about you know our coworker such and such talking about the boss and i'm just like how did he hear that we was like you know how did he know and then you know i'm like you know this this is this is messed up because like it's like you can't you can't win but we were still laughing and it was still it was still like we were still cool like it was still cool and I felt great about that but then I woke up now after I went to um this room to copy some papers I was still on the edge about losing my job I felt like I was going to or I could have and I was like being careful oh oh this is what happened so he came out of his room and he was like you know you're gonna lose your job and then he handed me the phone to call someone and he was trying to scare me and tears came to my eyes and then that's when I went back you know nothing happened he didn't follow through and then that's when she wrote something on the paper like Mr. Incomplete doesn't follow through or something like that and she was like that's what that means right (laughs) it was funny but it just seemed like it's not that not that funny or not that big a deal but regardless it just it just the it was just the connection, and how it made me feel, and you know I don't know the realization of these situations and just, and just I don't know, I feel like I always find God in things, and I feel like God was showing me like you will and can connect on different levels with different people, don't close yourself off or feel like you're in ever in a box. Don't ever let anybody make you feel like you aren't who you are, you know, like, like you can't thrive in different environments because you're subject to one. And that's just not the case, you know. So I felt like that was that. Even though you may have to face the same things others face, you know, you can still thrive in different environments. So don't ever feel closed off to one. But I woke up from this vision, and I felt like, that felt way too real. It felt so real. And the sad part was the realization, like, that very well could be my future. That very well could be my future, working in the office. You know, I had to work my way up. And I will have to endure individuals like this because, you know, you can't always run from situations and you can't always avoid them either you're going to have to face adversities like this and sometimes there's not much you can do about it in the position that you are in yet you know there's going to be good things about you know things and I just in that moment I just really truly considered you know not this not like I truly consider what God was trying to tell me in that moment And I feel like God was trying to show me like this is this would otherwise be not not specifically or 100 percent, but this could be somewhat what you're asking me daily when you're complaining and you're saying, you know, Okay, whatever. I could just work a regular job. I don't have to go through this. I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing because so many different times I do feel like Abraham when God sent Abraham into, you know, the desert and he was just like, just go. I'm not he didn't tell him where he was going. He didn't give him a you know a map or anything. He just told him, Just go and I'll let you know. Just listen for me and listen for my voice. And I feel like that right now. I don't have a direction. So many different days. I feel like what am I doing? I could be doing this. I could be doing that. You know, and God is like, You're supposed to be waiting for when I tell you it's time and you know, I know that I'm waiting on, I know what I'm waiting for and what it'll feel like when I have it, but I still don't know. And I'm like, a lot of times, like, when is it going to come? And I could just imagine how Abraham, how Abraham felt and was feeling when he was sent off, not knowing where he was going to land until God says, so. but the trust, you know, you just have to trust him. I, I kind of feel that. And I understand that in this season, but all I know is, you know, that was a reminder, like, yeah, you know, you could go work a job and I don't want you to think that I'm threatening you to make you feel like, you know, if you can't work a job. It's going to be horrible for you. And, you and you know, he gave me the realistic expectations of what to ex- like, the, what really to expect if I want to go work a job. And it was like, you know, it's not, I could do it. I could do it. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but it was a devastation of God giving me that vision. Because if God's going to give me that vision, that must mean that, you know, he's, I don't want to say he's giving up on me, but in a way saying, you know, I'm becoming okay with you be getting serious about that and i'm serious about it too so here's a vision of what to expect and in a way still saying i still love you and there's no hard feelings against you and don't ever think i will ever leave your side i never love you even if you don't accomplish what you're set out to do here so it was hurtful it was hurtful because i felt like you know I mean, that's what I do all day when I'm saying to myself, I could just do this and I could just do that and I could just move on from this situation. I don't have to keep, you know, fighting for the situation. I don't have to keep reserving my life for the situation. Like, what happens if I do that for so long? I never accomplish anything with this and all that time is wasted. And as if I wouldn't be wasting it in office, as if I wouldn't be wasting it on an everyday job. It's like, but I already know that, but maybe I needed that, you know? Regardless, it wasn't what I tell myself it is. Like, a lot of times I tell myself, well, at least I'm not doing this, at least I'm not doing that, at least I'm doing it for this, as if there really is so much of a difference. The difference is for the glory of God, that's always so much, you know, that's always amazing. It's amazing, you know, for to be doing to be having a, to have an assignment by God. To take that for granted is, you know, what that is. But at the same time, that's not to say that the work that I have to go through, the 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 persecution that I face and the different things that I'm going through daily for choosing God would not be similar to what I go through at an office job. And it doesn't mean that going through it at an office job is going to be so much hor- like so horribly wrong and so much worse than going through it for God. So I say all that to say, you know, if God could show me myself working an office job realistically, you know, then in a way he's saying that I can't abandon my destiny, I can't abandon my walk, I can't abandon. You know, what hes he hasn't promised it. I want to say what he's promised, but what he's shown me, he hasn't promised it, which means it's not a promise. Which means I can't go a different way, and I can't end up without it. That scares me because it's like, that means I need to get serious about it. That means I need to get very dedicated about it because if I slack, I may, expecting to have it anyway, still not have it, just as well as if I was in an office. You can't expect a promotion. You can't expect, you know, to succeed unless you deliberately and intentionally try and succeed and dedicate yourself to something. But the only way you're going to do that is if you're in it and you're dedicated. So I, I hear them, And it's, it's, it feels like get real about what you want and get real about how this can end up for you just because it's God. And just because of what he's shown you, and what he's brought you through, doesn't mean you're guaranteed anything. It just doesn't mean that, regardless of what he's shown you. So I don't want to de- take a detour. I don't want to, you know, neglect God or go any other way. But, you know, he's showing me if I do what to expect. And that's OK. Every every office is going to have a boss is sexually harassing you every office isn't going to be like that but you may run into one of those on your way finding the right one dependent on who you are what you what you encounter it's all dependent god will always be with you anyways of course so you know it's just some things to consider you know do i want to continue on like this and if i don't i need to consider what I will be walking into and what I will be what I what I can expect. Not that it's just the most horrible thing and that it should be scaring me back into what I'm doing with God because I don't ever want to be scared into what I'm doing with God. I want to be choosing God. He's made that very clear. He doesn't deceive, lie, trick, or scare you into choosing him ever at any time. That was also an indication of that vision. That vision was very realistic and it was things to like about that job. There was things to like about that future. So He's showing me, like, I'm not scaring you into anything. You have ample opportunity and free choice to go that route or go this route that I'm guiding you in. I never want you to feel like, Oh, no, if I go this way, it's going to be so horrible. It's going to be that. This is why I'm choosing this. No, you're choosing this because you're choosing this because this is where you want to be because you choose God, because you trust me and because you're in it wholeheartedly. You're not going to, you know, use other things and all these outside things saying, you know, but I will be doing this and I'll be going making excuses as to why you're here as if someone is forcing you to be here as if there's anywhere else you'd rather be want to be here so that you don't have to make excuses for where you're not. And I I heard him. I heard him loud and clear. I always do, and I I always try to be very careful with that. Like, no, God, I'm not making excuses for where I'm not. I'm not making excuses for being here because this is where I want to be. And when you're anywhere you want to be, you don't make excuses for where you're not. That's a fact. So I'm, you know, I heard him loud and clear, and I get it. And I was hurt that, you know, he felt I needed that message. You know, but it's true. I needed it. I did need it. Regardless, though, I'm not decided 100%. And that hurts me a little too because it to feels like, okay, I'm taking it for granted now. But I'm not. I'm not taking it for granted. Just like I, I'm not aware that if I choose him, I choose him. So that's what I got today. And I'm going to make my mind up, but in my time, because like I said, if God wanted me to force a decision, if he wanted me to force an answer right now, you know, that vision was a clear indication. He's not forcing anything. He wants me to choose and be sure so that there's no complaining, there's no confusion, and there's no, you know, I think he hates the most when I complain and I hold it up against his head like, hold it over his head or I'm saying different things. I could be doing this and I could be doing that, but yeah, I'm doing this and I just don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going. And sometimes I feel so pressured to do that. Even though that's not how I really, really feel, a lot of the times I can't do that. I can't do that. I have to choose God and I have to mean it and I have to be there 100% because that does affect him and he doesn't like that.